Have you been considering taking your horse or Western photography passion to the next level? Hi, it's Kara with Cowgirls with Cameras, and I want to tell you about our Cottonwood Ranch photography experience in August. This experience is a workshop, portfolio builder, business clinic, and gathering set in the majestic scenery of the Nevada mountains. This event is learning intensive and full of shooting opportunities that feature ranch work, western horses, cowboys, cowgirls, horses, and dogs. You'll walk away feeling more confident in your camera, editing, and business skills, shoot a few thousand images, and gain new friends in the process. Our events are always focused on collaboration over competition, and our three instructors, myself, Kim Beer, and Phyllis Burchette, are all deeply passionate about seeing you reach your photography goals. To learn more about this event and other photography adventures we have coming up, head over to cowgirlswithcameras.com. It's time to laugh, learn, and take your photography to the next level with your favorite Cowgirls with Cameras, Kara, Kim, and Phyllis. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Cowgirls with Cameras podcast. I'm Kim with Kim Beer Photography and Be More Business. I'm Kara with Fast Horse Photography. And I'm Phyllis with Phyllis Burchette Photo. Hey, everybody. How are you guys doing today? It's a beautiful February day. I'm one year older and trying to be really happy about it. What about you guys? I know. Happy birthday. Yesterday was your birthday, and I almost completely forgot about it. So happy birthday officially. Thank you. Happy, happy birthday. I remembered it. <laughs> Phyllis yeah, I did. I got, a, I got a text early in the day from Phyllis, so that was awesome. I was going to go to a photography meeting for a club in Kansas City, and I was kind of excited about it. Well, I was excited about it. It wasn't a kind of, because this particular group does some interesting things. And then it iced here, and I walked oh. out on the porch and was like, well, that's a big oh, nope. I'm not driving an hour to Kansas City and back. So I came right back in took my good clothes off, put on my pajamas and curled up on the sofa and gamed all night. <laughs> so it was Aww, a great so birthday. You had a good night. <laughs> that sounds like a better plan to me. <laughs> well, we've continued the beautiful Florida weather since you guys all saw me last week. We haven't had any rain though, no rain scares, but mm -hmm. it has been absolutely gorgeous here, just like the temperature was when you guys were here visiting me last week. It's been really pretty here too in the 70s all week. Yeah. It did rain overnight and we have now we have a cold front coming in it's supposed to be like 28 degrees in the morning. So yeah, 70 then to 20. <laughs> well, it was awesome seeing you guys last week at the Horses on the Beach workshop. So other than the rain Yay. scares and driving me crazy, I think we had a really good weekend and we had a great group of photographers that joined us. We had great horses models on the beach and I'm kind of in recovery from it right now still I've been trying to recover all week I don't know why it takes so much out of me and then on top of it I get behind well wow. um, with client work so I've been just catching up all week well you did an amazing job with a fabulous lineup of horses and models and I think everything went really well despite the rain out Saturday morning I think everyone was happy well I know everyone was happy it was a really great weekend 
Thank you. We had a lot of fun, I think. I had a blast and I got to go this time. So I didn't have to sit here in cold Missouri and go, next year, I'm going to be on the beach in Florida with everybody. It was amazing. And I got some beautiful shots. This is the first time you visited my house too, which is pretty funny. Yes. Now when I tell you stories about things here, you know what I'm talking about because you've been here. So the next, I feel like both of you guys have visited my house now. So it's my turn to make the circuit. I need to go visit Phyllis or her house and I need to visit Kim at the ranch. You bet. I think Kim had a great idea. We need to have an event at everybody's house. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But we also have to say kudos to your hubby, to Ed and and Easton for letting us come in and just kind of take over your house too. And man, is he a good cook. Yeah, he's a keeper. He's a a good one. Guess what he's doing right now? Uh, I don't know. He got on a plane yesterday and went to the Bahamas with his brother. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they're just having like a guy's weekend, which they'll probably spend a little time in the casino or they'll... They fishing? Probably a little bit of fishing. They're going to have some fun. So his sacrifice of our household last weekend, he's being rewarded this weekend by having a little guy's weekend away. Oh, good for him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Go, Ed. Yeah, his his dinner was quite amazing. That definitely keep him. He's <laughs> and we need to slate him as a cook next year too. But I try not to be offended because people say that the dinners got better as the week went on. <laughs> and what people don't realize is that I cooked the first two nights and then Ed cooked the remainder of the night. So he's a way better cook than I am. And no. he's got he just has a ton of patience and I mean he I don't know. I really am a little jealous because he kind of put on like his A game for you guys. Like I don't ever get that delicious Mexican meal that he (laughs) made. Like I've never had that before. Like where did that come from? And just to clarify, that was Betsy that said the meals got better. I think every meal was wonderful. (laughs) All right. All right. And in my defense... I wasn't there to eat the first two meals. I was snowed in in Missouri, waiting on airplanes in Nashville, and I missed the first two meals. So I cannot be a judge. I am only judging the cooking ability based upon Ed. Well, it was a successful weekend. I'm glad it's over. Excited to actually get to spend some time looking at my pictures. But this week has been all catch-up work. So I've been working on client images I've been doing an unnatural number of barn floor replacements this week. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, I can't even tell you. It's shocking. You got to make that consuming. Make that customer happy, Kara. (laughs) Yes, it's so time consuming. It's not, I don't do floor replacements on barn floors on a regular basis. Like, I try not to make that part of my system, but this particular case needed it. And so I'm slow. Like, I'm much slower than probably other people are at floor replacements. So it is taking. It's taking a lot of my time. Well, it looked amazing. Well, thank you. I guess taking all the time is worthwhile, but it, it's very time consuming. Oh, and I hung this beautiful 63-inch piece this week in a client's house. And do you guys hang your own work? Like, do you go and hang it for clients? Or do you guys do that? No, I do not. My work is in magazines. Your, your work is in magazines, so you don't hang it. <laughs> and so websites. I always feel really powerful when I show up to a client's house and stand on the ladder and put holes in their walls and hang up 
their work for them. So I've gotten better as the time has gone on. And one of the things that always makes me laugh, I try to be super confident because I'm putting giant holes in their walls. And the whole time I'm like panicked that it's not going to be even or it's not going to be level <laughs> or something like that. Oh, so so then when I go to level it and show that it's level, I like hide the level at first to make sure that it's level. And then then I'll be like, oh, it's perfectly level and show it to how when it is level. <laughs> so there's this whole thing where I'm like doing it scared anyway. And it's been a new process I've been adding this year. And I'm getting good at it, guys. I'm getting really good at it. I'm highly impressed. Every piece of artwork in my house is crooked because I I just basically eyeball where the nail goes and that's where it's at. <laughs> I always have somebody come and do mine for me because I suck yeah, at that. That's all I've done this week. What have you guys been up to? Well, I have been playing catch up as well from being gone for a few days and I have had just a real spurt of energy the last couple of weeks over like new ideas I want to really follow and work on, especially with educational stuff around photography and helping photographers break through obstacles. So I've got some good things coming up with blog posts and ideas and things I haven't even really shared with the two of you yet because they're not fully formed functional ideas at this point, so or even functional mm-hmm. projects. So I'm super happy and excited about that. And then I also have been stuck in the mundane of getting stuff completed and color correcting jewelry photos and editing other photos and also then working with mentees. I started with a new mentee who is just a lovely lady and I'm excited to keep working with her. She's very excited to learn more and that always pumps me up as a creative when I get to share my creativity with somebody who gets super excited about it. And yeah, that's pretty much. And then then enjoying my birthday and the ranch and and just trying to get through the rest of winter. <laughs> I would give anything to have like an iota of your creative idea spark. Like I just want like a <laughs> teaspoon of it. Yeah, really. I would just love a teaspoon of it. Just a tiny little bit where that inspiration just jumps forward all the time. Like I don't feel like my brain works just like yours, but... I'm happy that you're in my life and I'm a business partner with you because I can take advantage of your brain. Her brain is always working constantly. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Mine, not so much. (laughs) Well, I guess I'm pretty much doing the same thing you guys are doing. A lot of catch up, just getting home from St. Augustine, working. I haven't really had a chance to work on very many images. I worked on one for my newsletter to do a before and after of that beautiful Ganador, the uh, mm-hmm. Menorcan stallion. We had the great privilege to photograph last weekend. I had some fine art sales that I had to complete, preparing images for the publishers, the new and the old one. Just catching up on some correspondence. I've got a mentorship call tonight on a Zoom call. It was kind of cool. She sent me an image and I'm going to edit it my way and then she's going to edit her way and then we're going to compare, which I think will be kind of cool. And my sister had knee replacement surgery Monday, so I'm going to be sticking pretty close to home for a while to try to help out. Other than that, that's it. So I'm pretty boring. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's boring at all. Uh, Sisters with knee replacement surgery is decidedly not boring, and none of the rest of it sounded that way either. Well, and how nice that you get to spend some time actually being home with her, and you know what I mean? Like, you're always so busy, so it's kind of a forced 
time to just be home. <laughs> so you can spend time with your sister, but you can always also focus on other things that you love about your house. Like you always say, you never get to be home enough and you love your house. So this gives you a little extra time. But I was home for two months from November and December. I mean, it's time to go again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you missed it or not, Kara, but she was out on the beach recruiting trips. She's like, I need to travel. I need to go somewhere. <laughs> and someone pointed out to her that she was somewhere away from home. And she's like, I need to plan more travel. <laughs> you missed that part. She was already just like, even just thinking about staying home for an extended period of time <laughs> was causing her anxiety about not being able to get back on the road. Yeah, <laughs> there's can't that. can't help it. It's the way it's, your brain works uh, in a creative ways. Mine works in getting on the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do have to say real quick that I did host a guest. I'm sorry, not a host, a guest on the Freelance Remuda. So that came out this week as long as our other podcast episode. So anyway, yeah. thanks. The Freelance Remuda is another podcast. And Phyllis was a guest on it. I just posted that on our yeah. social media channels yesterday. The show was great, Phyllis. You did a really nice job. Well, thank you. All right. So what are we talking about this week? Well, what we're talking about is exactly what Kara asked for. How can you bottle up some of that creative spark and hand it off to somebody else? So our episode this week is about how to jumpstart your creativity, dear listener, as well as the three of us sharing our ways of doing that with each other. So I will get started. I will kick us off and the thing that I want to reiterate is I've not always lived in this high creative space. There was a point in time in my career, especially very early on when I was a graphic designer, that I did really struggle with creativity on somebody else's timetable. So when it's my timetable and I can just be an artist for being an artist's sake, like any kind of like drawing or crafty stuff or photography, writing, when it's just a project for me and it, the muse kind of stops by and whispers it in my ear and I go about my business of creating that, that's one way of being creative. And that's usually a pretty easy way and why many of us started down the path of a creative career, like becoming a photographer. But when you hang your shingle out in front of your house and say, I'm going to do this for other people, then all of a sudden you have to be a creative on somebody else's timetable and with their expectations. And that puts a different light on creativity. It now asks you to do it on command. And that is not always the easiest thing to do. I always will tell people and I have, I think we have a whole business animal episode about where I talk about my fickle muse. Frankly, her and I are getting along really great right now. And I love her dearly. And I hope she doesn't leave for this comment. But she can be a bitch at times. She can thumb her nose at me. She can leave. There have been long dry spells where I've done something to tee her off and she goes away. When I quit smoking, I know you guys will think this is insane, but when I quit smoking, I swear she was angry with me and left for like years. But that was probably my own perception and not reality. Your brain was recovering. <laughs> my brain was recovering. Muses are fickle. Whether you want to believe there's some ethereal creature that comes and sits on your shoulder or whether you just want to believe that there's something inside of you that turns on in your brain, it can be a difficult connection to maintain. And then when you bring in the fact that 
all of us have an inner critic. We all have that other devil on the other shoulder that tells us all of the things that are wrong with what we do. And if you are lucky in the client lottery, when you start working for other people and you have people that support you and encourage you, that inner critic doesn't get to be as loud. But Many people, when they work with creatives, so when you become a creative for somebody else, their expectations are really not in alignment with yours, and they will try to bend the situation to what they want. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're paying for the service, and there's part of this relationship that you build with your clients that requires their input. But if you, on the other hand, do not win that lottery, or if you've got some trauma or some interjects from your past that you hear in your head, your inner critic really loudly, then it becomes really difficult to access that creativity because the inner critic is a bully and it will bully your muse away from the situation. So there are some things that I have learned over the years, and I've learned these through various sources. Some of them I've made up on my own, and some of them I've learned through doing exercises and books and other people's teachings that help me amplify my creativity. And that's really what we're talking about today. And I will give you one of the sources that some of these things come from, and it's called The Artist's Way. It's by an uh, author named Julia Cameron. And a lot of photographers, amazingly to me, have never encountered The Artist's Way. In the graphic design and all other types of art, <laughs> like writers and other artists, drawing artists, artists that create paintings, painters, sculptors, those kind of folks seem to be very familiar with Julia Cameron, but a lot of the photographers I run into have never heard of her. And honestly, you can buy her book, The Artist's Way, on Amazon. It's not expensive. It's been around for decades. And it's a 12-step program for recovery for artists. I would just add that it's also on audio and that's how I listen to it. I drive around in the car and I can always click it on whenever I need to hear a little inspiration. So you can actually download it on audio as well. Nice. So I would recommend having it on audio and in print. And there's workbooks and all kinds of stuff to go with it. And there's a part two. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't go buy the entire bookstore. Just buy that one book and start working on it. I will tell you the first three chapters of it will change your creative life. Basically, what she explains to you is, is how to exercise your creative muscle. And you're going to do that through artist dates and morning pages and a variety of other exercises. For me, the artist dates in the morning pages were always gold. And even though I long ago lost where my artist way book is, those two things are always with me. And when I'm feeling creatively low, I will oftentimes go on an artist date, which is I go somewhere where there's things that I love. For a photographer, go to a camera store. And I'm not talking surf and B&H on your computer, although that can be equally rewarding in some ways. Um, <laughs> go to an actual physical camera store where you can wander through and touch and feel things. Go to an art museum. Go to somewhere where there's a photography installation where you can go look at the art. Those are all artist states. It's basically taking your muse out and saying, I'm going to relationship build with you. Because if you don't relationship build with your 
muse, your muse is more likely to leave you in times of trouble, <laughs> okay? Just like a marriage or a partnership of any kind. And then writing morning pages. That really does help you kick your creativity up a level. But for me, and I'm going to cover these, and, and then Kara and Phyllis are going to give you some really solid, tangible examples of creative amplifiers. But here's what I've learned. The first one is disruption. So if I disrupt my routine, I automatically become more creative because I have to access the same parts of me when I disrupt the routine that I would to create. And if I'm feeling disconnected from my creativity, disruption can get me back into being creative. Disruption can be as simple as leaving the space where you create and going somewhere else and creating. When I'm stuck as a writer, I will go to a coffee shop because the disruption in my environment sparks my creativity. Also, in a nutshell for me, but I'm a, a giant extrovert and I work this way off of people's energy, the disruption of everything going on in the coffee shop also catalyzes me to be more creative. So disruption is one of them. The second one that I can always count on when I need it is mundane tasks. So this is things like driving. I have written the best poetry driving across the state of Kansas. Nothing against Kansas, but Kansas is not that exciting. And I've driven across it hundreds of times at this point. I spend a lot of time bouncing back and forth between Missouri and the Rocky Mountains. Kansas is in the middle of that. But mundane tasks, driving, cleaning the house, you know when horse people love? Picking stalls. Stall cleaning. Cleaning up horse <laughs> shit is good for your creativity. That just is the bottom line to it. So mundane tasks. The next one on the list is play. And play brings about curiosity for us. And play can be sitting around with your friends and joking and laughing. I know for me, I have been a smart ass into some of the best ideas that I have ever had. <laughs> so my smart ass nature, will, things will come out of my mouth and play that I wouldn't ever expect to completely chase, but have been really, really good ideas. The next one I want to say is undisciplined art. So to me, this is something, go do something that's out of your wheelhouse. When you're a photographer, go find some cheap watercolors at the kids department at Walmart and bring them home with construction paper and create something with them. You don't care that you're going to throw it in the trash. It's undisciplined. There's no expectation attached to it at all. And you will find yourself really connecting with your muse and with your creativity. Another one that I like to utilize that is the exact opposite of this is rules. Sometimes restriction helps us discover our creativity. So if you're feeling in a particular low with your photography, find a photography prompt, like photograph things that are red. It gets you to see things again. Photograph square objects, photograph things at 90 degree angles. Whatever it is, one little simple rule and you'll find your creative abilities growing and your a connection to that creativity really expanding. Two more, well, actually three more that I'm going to cover. 
divine connection. So this is one that I know is Kara's going to go, Kim is going to go really woo-woo on us for this. And I Mm -hmm. will. But I do feel a divine connection between my camera and my subject. It To me, I liken it to a triangle. When I point my camera at an individual or an animal or a scene, I feel like that energy comes from the scene up through the divine and down into me and then back out like a triangle into the image that I create. So connecting with the divine, spending a few moments in meditation to connect with the divine is really a good way to get your creativity going. And then the final two have to do with getting a little bit sassy. One of them is rebellion. So rebel against all of the rules. You guys have been taught as photographers since day one that you need to follow the rule of thirds. Go out and break that rule. Go out and break the rules of good composition. Break the rules of good even exposure. I know everybody's going to yell at me for that, but go find something and overexpose it and see what you get or underexpose it, rebel against all of the rules. And then the final one is dance with your shadows. So many times I think our creativity gets tromped on by something I think that creatives suffer from frequently or, and I'm not even going to say suffer. It's some, it's part of the human experience to experience lows, depression, thoughts that aren't always pleasant. Sometimes we have to sit with our shadows And when we do, some beautiful art comes out of that. I think that's been proven time and time again, that getting to understand the underbelly of who we are is also a creative catalyst. So those are my creative amplifiers, and I'm going to list them off again. And then as Kara and Phyllis are giving you guys these great ideas about really concrete ways you can explore them, start to think about these amplifiers as ways that you can modify what they're saying and do it for yourself. So they're disruption, mundane tasks, play, undisciplined art, rules, divine connection, rebellion, and shadow dancing. I like that you've basically taken all the things that we talk about when we talk about inspiring creativity and put them into little categories. That's awesome. So now we can think back to this when we're having these moments and we can start thinking, okay, do I need disruption? Do I need to go and clean stalls? Do I need to go take a break and go play? We can start thinking about some of these things. I'm definitely someone that probably out of the three of us, I would probably define myself as the least creative. I have to actively seek and work my creative muscle on a regular basis. It's something that doesn't come naturally to me. I have to actually set up space for that. I have to work that muscle. And this comes up in in several places. For my private clients, one of the things that I have to think about is my workspace. If I walk into my studio and it's a mess, which it happens weekly, it turns into a mess. Before I can do anything else, I have to get the place organized in a way that I can sit down and feel like I can think again. And so one of the first things I have to do is set up my workspace for inspiration. So that can look like a clean workspace. It can look like having my notepad right next to me that's ready to jot down the ideas because I get a little panicked if I'm working on something and an idea pops up and I'm afraid I'm gonna forget it. So I need a place to put that. It can look like any of that. And I know the three of us have spoken about this before too. Sometimes when we're out 
and we're out at an event or we're shooting on a ranch or we're working with our photography participants, sometimes you get in a rut where you're feeling uninspired. And you might feel uninspired for a couple days while you're at that event. And it's very frustrating as someone who spends, you know, you spend money to get to the location, you spend money to be at the event. And then all of a sudden you're, as Kim would say, your creative muse abandons you. So you're at this awesome location that should be awe-inspiring and your creative muse has abandoned you. And now you're like, oh gosh, I need to I need to actively figure out what I'm going to shoot. So that's something I think that pops up a lot in our world, not just with me, but with, I know the three of us have spoken about it and other people that we've had travel with us and on our events with us. So a couple of things that I'll just list a couple of things that I personally do. I already mentioned that I have to get my space organized and ready to work, but I loved Kim's, which Kim talks about going out, taking your muse out, going out, walking around, seeing things. One of the things that I'll do is I will go to, we, we have a lot of art festivals and local farmers markets where artists are set up. If I need to get excited about something or try to get myself inspired, I'll actually go to those events and just wander. And I try to do it, like I'll take the family, but in order for it to be really productive for me, a lot of times I have to do it by myself. And I have a little note section on my phone that's continuously running where I just jot ideas, things that I don't want to forget. And then Kim talks about the mundane, you know, doing something that's a mundane task. Well, a lot of times for me, if I'm in the car, like Kim said, driving across Kansas, I spend a lot of time in the car as well going between clients and I have that note just on my phone ready so I can start jotting ideas down. And things come from, I listen to a lot of audio podcasting. I do a lot of audio books and I get tons of ideas that something sparks when I'm listening to those so I can automatically drop it into my notes. I also have to spend a lot of time, and I think a lot of photographers do as well, we spend a lot of time sitting on our butts in our offices in front of our computers, editing images or responding to clients. So if I can make myself get up, take the dogs for a walk, get up, go for a run, get up and get outside and take a hike, take a walk, it really helps me reset and resettle and get reorganized, but it also helps kind of open up those creative channels for me again, especially if I'm stuck on something. I've been so stuck. I was talking about doing these floor replacements for this client, and I was super stuck on how to make a particular element of that work. And I went out and I took the dogs for a walk. And while I was walking, I was thinking about the problem, and it was the only thing I was thinking about. And the answer came to me, and I went back and it worked. So it's a lot of times just getting out of that space that you're stuck in where all you can see is what's right in front of you and you're trying to troubleshoot and you get kind of into a panic mode. If you take a break, get out, let your brain relax. It helps. For me, it helps so much to be able to kind of recenter me. I mentioned at the beginning that I have to work that muscle, my creative muscle. I have to work it. And sometimes for me, that is practicing with my tools. So that's getting my camera out. It's choosing, you know, if I'm stuck somewhere in an event and I can't decide what I'm going to shoot, I'm feeling overwhelmed, or I feel like maybe I just need to capture everything. Sometimes I have to stay, take a step back and say, okay, at this shoot, if I can walk away with these two things, I'm going to be really happy. So I might be looking for unique framing and I'm going to look for unique framing for that entire shoot. 
or I'm going to decide to focus on the legs of horses for that particular shoot. If I can allow myself the ability to focus and not get overwhelmed by trying to capture everything, a lot of times I'll loosen that muscle up a little bit and I'll feel inspired to do other things. Do you guys do that at all? Like where you have to narrow down a little bit in order to feel like you can then move on to other things? Like you just have to like get your brain working again. Do you guys do that at all? I don't think I do, not so much like narrowing it down, but that's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah, like just being able to say this shoot, I'm going to focus on this one thing and allow my brain to just do that. And then I can feel like I can move on to other things. I think for me, my brain is so scattered because like Mm -hmm. I can be at a shoot for horses and if a bald eagle flies overhead, then I'm going to photograph the bald eagle. (laughs) You know, I have a few squirrels that, you know, kind of run loose in my brain. So it's, it's always finding another, the pretty shiny thing over there, you know. (laughs) And for me, that falls under the category of what I was talking about when I was saying rules, like what you're doing is you're giving yourself a rule and then you're staying Mm -hmm. within that rule. And by staying within that rule, suddenly you get to see all the possibility that you could do outside of that rule. It is an amplifier and it works. That's why there's tons of books in the bookstore that talk about prompts that are creative prompts, what you should shoot today, or there's posing guides or any of those things. Because when we narrow in on something, all of the noise or all of the squirrels running around in Phyllis's brain, they all get united and look at one thing. And then that helps us be able to look at many things later on. So it kind of organizes the squirrels a bit. And uh, I'm the same way as Phyllis. I get distracted really easily. But what I think happens sometimes is you're presented, especially if it's not your every day to go out and shoot like these incredible scenes, you're presented with an incredible scene and it can be so overwhelming and you have the desire to try to capture and document every single piece of it. And I've walked away from these shoots before and I've said, I feel like I took a lot of pictures, but I didn't shoot anything well. Like I was just trying to grab all the, I wanted all the scenes. I didn't want to miss anything, Mm -hmm. but by narrowing my focus down and setting, like you said, some rules, I knew for a fact that the one thing I wanted to catch, I got that well, and that could be an art piece. You know, that could be something I can really take and do something with. And it might mean that I missed something else. But instead of doing everything not well, I know I did some aspects of it really well. What about you, Phyllis? I know you and I kind of have similar thoughts on some of this, but you also have a lot of great stuff to add. Well, a lot of mine is repetitive for what you said or just agreeing with what you said. (laughs) I found when I was kind of researching this episode, I mean, this podcast episode we're going to do, and I found this really, I think it's a really cool quote. Leave it to me to come up with a quote from Pablo Picasso. He said, inspiration exists, but it has to find you working. And I got to thinking about that. You know, you're 100 percent. That's so true. Like we all need to find time for work so that inspiration knows where and when to find us, (laughs) having the right mindset and creating, like you said, Kara, creating a good workspace and creating the space to work on your ideas and your vision is really key. And I 1000% agree with you about the clutter thing. I cannot even sit down at my desk if it's got 
piles of stuff on it because that really squelches my any creativity that could have been happening that day for me. I think that keeping an idea journal is really good for, especially if you're kind of in a rut, like just write down thoughts and ideas. And I know back when I used to when I was getting into this more, I always was constantly looking at other people's work and thinking about how I could recreate something or I don't mean copy so much as just recreate it in some way. But imagine your dream photograph and maybe keep a Pinterest, a secret Pinterest board or even a vision board about what you'd like to really create photographically. I think the key to this really is to write down anything, anything that comes to your mind without judgment of yourself. You know, just, I mean, some ideas are going to be great and some aren't going to work, but just write down anything in that journal, your idea journal. A big one for me personally is getting outside and going for a walk. I do that Every day I take my dog and we go walk and I'm really blessed to live in a place where I can walk right here on my property. I've got enough land to do that between my house and my sister's house. And I think that helps a ton just getting outside and there's research that taking a walk really does work. (laughs) So that's not just something we all came up with because it really does work. On the flip side of that, I think sitting down and doing nothing works too. Just maybe taking time to meditate and uh, which is really hard for me sometimes because my brain is so busy. Even going to sleep at night sometimes is hard. But I think if you'll unplug from all distractions and find a quiet place, turn your cell phone off, get away from the computer and the TV, just takes some time to chill out and focus on on your breathing. Even if you just for Only five minutes a day, it's really good for you to help with your inspiration and creativity and your thinking and your photography. I know when I first got into photography, I was a member of a group called Learn to Take Photos. And every week they would have a theme word or that we were supposed to all go out and photograph just for that. So it, it could be something as simple as red. But it was really cool to see how each person interpreted that word for the week. And I really think that helped my creativity to think outside the box back then. Because I mean, literally, this has been when I was just starting my photographic journey and getting into this, just having to pick a word and and focus on that word. And there's so many different ways you can interpret red, you can interpret as a color, you can interpret as a state of mind. I think working on personal projects is really good. You can do a 365 day personal project to go out and photograph every day. Sometimes we just don't know what to shoot or, or we feel like we've covered everything the same way already. And I think starting a personal project is is a really good idea to help you kick off your creativity and get you into trying something new or photograph something in a different way. Oh, and when you're doing your personal project, I feel like collaborating with other photographers is is an even better idea because you get to see all the different ways that people do interpret the theme or whatever it is you're photographing. And I think that's one thing we all love about photography is we go to a shoot and there may be 10 of us there shooting the same exact scene, but we all interpret it differently. We'll all take 10 different images of the same scene. And I think that's what I love. To me, that helps me being with other photographer really boosts my creativity. Practice working creatively with uh, light everywhere you go. One of the best ways to grow, I think, is to find is to have a really good understanding of light and to use it creatively in your work. Like make it a goal to do that and step out of your comfort zone and play with all types of light. It doesn't matter whether it's natural or artificial. I think that would that's really good. Even if you don't plan to continue with artificial light, I think learning, learning something about using off-camera flash or strobes or whatever is really good. 
I think observation. I think a lot of times, too, we we're talking about when we get to a shoot sometimes we don't feel creative. I think sometimes just sitting and observing for a while is really good. There's so many beautiful things to see in this world and people and, and the places we get to go and and even in just things that we see every day, just finding the beauty to find creative, taking that time or just taking in the beauty to find creative photography and inspiration and to really notice little things. And I think I already said, just maybe even photograph subject matter outside of what you usually do. I know when I first got into portrait photography, I remember thinking that was something I would never do. <laughs> but when I first got into it, it really, I think it really helped my animal photography be even better because you learn you learn more about light and and posing and things like that so even if you even though you do really love one type of photography just step outside of that a little bit and learn another aspect another genre of photography will help you too as Kara said brushing up on your technical skills maybe take a new photoshop class uh, just find different ways make go back and once you use learn some of these new skills, go back and take an old image and see how many ways you can process it. I think that's one great way to get out of your creative rut is to go back and do something with old pictures. Finding a photography mentor is, is good. Find somebody that whose work you admire and, and study them. And even the old masters, I think, getting back into the, a lot of the old masters is like Ansel Adams and a lot of the, the people that have done this in the black and white. I think looking through black and white and, and Find it. And even reading about their stories and their life experiences and how different periods of their lives influenced their work. I think it's really good to see that it's okay to change styles and try something different, experiment, and maybe even fail a little bit. I, it's all part of the growing process. I think that's about it for me. That's probably a lot. <laughs> it reminded me listening to you, I was remembering that I had to take Easton to the bookstore recently and he needed something specific for school. And so I sent him to go get it and I was just kind of wandering and I ended up in the magazine section and was kind of wandering and picked up just a couple random like art magazines. And then I was picking up some horse magazines and I was just flipping and it's like you never know where inspiration's going to find you. But I ended up having to buy one of the magazines because I was flipping through and like my brain was just like, oh, my God, that would be cool to do with horses. Or I could, I could do that with horses this way. Or, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of you don't know always where it's going to find you, but you have to get yourself somewhere. And like you said, put something in your hand and flip through. And I just... Uh, I don't know. So I think that I'm going to have to use that technique more when I'm down, like make myself go to the bookstore and just wander and flip and go to the photography section, but also go to other sections because I was super inspired just being there. Okay. So I think that we have given our listeners a ton of information to kind of think through in terms of jumpstarting their creativity. So I think this would be a good time to share our CWC photo challenge and let's do something with what we've talked about today. So for those of you that are listening, first of all, thank you to everyone who has participated. We love seeing what you share. So think about the ideas that we've shared today. And why don't you share an image that came from one of these ideas? So something that sparked some creativity in you and an image was inspired by that. We would love to see that image. And, and if you take it a step further and tell us where that 
idea came from, where did the spark came from, that would be even better. So thank you guys for listening today. If you haven't already, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Cowgirls with Cameras. We also have um, several events right now that are available that have some space. We have our Cottonwood Ranch experience. I think we have a couple spots left at Trappers Lake Lodge. I saw another registration for that this morning come through. And we have openings soon, coming soon for the some Art of the Cowgirl events that are coming up. So we've got several, am I missing? I'm not missing one, am I? right now. I think that's it for now. Okay. So we've got all of those opportunities. So if you want to come and shoot with us and be inspired at one of our events, there's several options out there for you. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cowgirls with Cameras. Don't let the laughter and learning stop here. Join our community on social media and be sure to visit our website for more opportunities to fulfill your photography goals. Head to cowgirlswithcameras.com. That's cowgirlswithcameras.com. See you next time.